0: by Delapo Ina Wednesday February 2nd 2, 2022 Bio Adadeji is a growth hacker turnaround expert product invader finance leader and profitability driver His profile indicates he has a broad and diverse mix of business experiences across continents advanced qualitative education and in-depth exposure to multiple business segments and functions with experience in big data business intelligence space planning cost and financial planning Management Accounting, Cost Accounting and Management. Bio Adadeji, who is a retail and tech expert is the CEO of Wakanao, Africa's foremost travel and tourism firm which has the largest travel inventories on the African continent. His passion for data, statistics and tech is something unique in the travel and tourism sector on the continent. His customer service skill was witnessed before my, Galapo Aina, interview with him on Wednesday, February 2nd ND 2022 as he had to personally interact with a client on the phone and sorted out what the issue was do read the excerpts of my interview with the ceo of wakanow mr bio adedegi since you came on board there has been a lot of progress in terms of how wakanow has evolved do give some insights into the present situation of things and do elaborate on what you met on the ground wakanow has been a formidable brand and formidable business even before my emergence as the ceo or even joining the company The brand itself is being something that was built out of the innovative mindset of the founders. The founders have been able to innovate and think about how they want to do business, and how they want to revolutionize the travel industry. And they've done that. As the case of any single business. There's always a transitional time where you go from a founder-led business to commercial and business. Anyone wanting to read this piece and who has started a business knows that there is a business life cycle. There is a time when you are growing, There is a time when you are trying to manage cash flow, there is a time when you are trying to move towards profitability. I came in at a time when we were trying to turn it around to make it a formidable and profitable engine. I came back after working for Amazon to take cover the business. We commenced the transformative efforts in the beginning of 2019. There was a $40 million investment into the business, and we began to transition the business into a profitable entity. We hit our first month of profitability in January to February 2020. That was quite a short period? How come? Basically, that is the experience I have and that experience is that I am both a professional in finance. After many years of doing finance for the Fortune 50 companies in the world. Having been an entrepreneur that has run other multiple businesses, I understand the mindset of being an entrepreneur. I understand the mindset of running finance and running it well. I understand the mindset of doing finance and been an entrepreneur. I think that this blend allowed me to do the right things for the customer and focusing on the business. That being said, I would say it was not a short time to hit profitability because it was not a new business. It had existed for 12 years before I joined. I just had to take the machine and go to where needs oil, pour oil, what needs to be removed, remove it, what needed to be added, add it? I would say, my job was the easy part, the difficult part was conceiving the idea. That is why I always tell folks that the founders of this business were the pioneers of this business and they are the trailblazers in this story. From when you became the CEO till date and when COVID happened in March 2020. How have you been able to navigate the negative effects of COVID with the travel business? How have you been able to navigate Wacanow through the two-year global economic downturn? So, as we hit profitability in January 2020, COVID happened in March 2020, so our celebrations were short-lived. We went through the COVID situation and COVID pandemic was a time of reflections and a time of rethinking for most people in the world. For us, it was a needed break. Now, what do I mean? By a needed break? We spent the time during the COVID break to rebuild our technological stack. We spent the time to rebuild our operations, the way we do business, we spent the time to retrain and recalibrate our entire business. While everybody was at home during the lockdown, we were on Zoom calls, our tech team was writing codes, we were rebuilding our entire business from ground up. Oftentimes in retail, you never get a break, you never get a stop. But we got a hard stop in retail. And we leveraged on the hard stop in retail during the COVID pandemic. Why do you never get a stop in retail? Because retail never stops because people keep coming to buy. You can't stop by saying, I want to close my shop and I want to go and fix it. That is not what you do in retail. You do night over, stocking and night arrangement, and you never get enough hours to do as much work as you would. Want to do because you cannot stop selling and say customers come back when I am ready. That is. Not how it works because that means you are losing business and you would lose relevance. The. COVID pandemic helped us to rebuild our business and that is what we did. We rebuilt our business. We came out of COVID in August 2020 since our airspace was opened in August. By September dash. October 2020. We were back to profitability and we have been profitable ever since. Readers would wonder what the magic is? The magic is watching your cost and growing your top line. You see, oftentimes people tell you to grow your costs without telling you to grow your top line. Costs is equally as important as the top line. If you are making so much money and your cost is outrageous but you are making more money than you are spending, you are good, correct? But if you can now manage your cost and still grow your top line, then you are magic spot. And that is what we did. We grew our top line aggressively. Actually, let me use 2021. In 2021, we were up to 2019. Our 2021 was better than 2019 by 38%. We were better than 2019 by 38%. That is, we did 38% more business than we did in 2019, with a lower cost base. We managed our costs, There was no frivolous spending. Actually, we added frugality as one of our leadership principles. We are a frugal company. We did not do what we are not supposed to do. We were doing performance marketing. We spent money where we thought we were going to get the most returns. Our ROI, return on investments, by channel of marketing was important. We were looking at our metrics and our KPIs, key performance index, by the day and by the minute. In some instances, we are turning things off when we thought we have gone overboard and we are managing things like we should do. That is how to run a business and that is what we did. And most importantly, we took and still take care of our people and our customers. Some of the things you have said and some of the terminologies you have used reminds me of the vocabulary and how founders of tech startups talk. You are more or less running the business like. A tech startup company, right? We run this business with the mindset of a startup when it comes to innovation but with the cost. Management of a matured company. We are not burning money like most startups do, we are not. Doing cash burn. We are innovating like a startup, we are innovating fast and on our feet, we are. Launching new products, we are trying new stuff every single day, there are innovations we are. Working on our tech teams are continuously building. But we are not burning cash on marketing like we are drug dealers. We are not spending the marketing dollars. Like I earlier said, I'm a finance professional and I think that comes to play here. We are growing our top line like a startup. Right. Now, in the month of January 2022, we are growing at 104% to 2021. Really? Yes a 104% growth, that means we are doubling our sales. But our cost line is reducing even still as we are managing our cost. And we are being intentional about what we spend money on. And we are still going top line because we are taking care of more customers. And that is the secret. We are growing our cost at half the rate of our sales. And that is our mantra. How do you envisage the aviation and travel business post the COVID pandemic? I think there has been a lot of speculations around how the travel industry is going to pan out. Without people taking a step back to understand and realize and ask this, why do people travel? We must all agree that corporate travel is going to be on the downward trend but for people that travel. For meetings not the entire corporate travel. The entire corporate travel cannot go away because People travel for multiple reasons. An engineer that needs to come and fix a plane in Nigeria would have to fly to Nigeria. An engineer that needs to go work on an oil rig cannot do it through Zoom. A Reservoir engineer that needs to go to Escravos would still go to Escravos. When you need a technician to come and fix something somewhere and needs to fly there would have to fly there because travel is a necessary product. It is not something that just happens because I feel like or because I want to. It is something that happens because that is the business, I have to physically be there to fix it. Now, would there be a reduction in travel? Absolutely. But the COVID has also opened people's eyes to the fact that they have not seen the world. People's lives have flashed over them. And they are thinking now, I have to travel before I leave this earth. Overall, I think that there is going to be a mismatch of different reactions from the market that we don't know, and I don't think anyone can accurately predict where the market is going to land. What I do know is that travel is not going away, and people are still going to jump on planes to go and see their families. People are still going to jump on planes to go and study. People are still going to jump on planes to go and see the world, explore for adventure. People are still going to have to travel. The insecurity in Nigeria makes it necessary for you to fly more local. It is smarter to fly now than to go by road due to several factors which we know affect us. So, would travel go away? No, I don't think. So especially in this part of the world where and when we are in the world of travel boom. From a nationalistic point of view, how do you think that Nigeria can position herself in the global travel space and maximize her position? Nigeria has a huge population and with a huge population means you have a larger travel people than the rest of Africa excluding South Africa. What that means is that the opportunity for travel continues to be important for domestic travel within the country and even external travel. Removing some of the barriers for entry would be great to kind of encourage it. Then finding ways to encourage banks to finance travel. Today, There is no bank that finances travel. Why so? You need to ask the banks. There is no travel now and paid later scheme from the banks. They would rather lend you money to marry a second wife. There is a generalization that Nigerians love to travel. That means there is a market in that space. But for the financial institutions, is it that they don't want to or they have not seen the potentials? Yes, Nigerians love to travel. For the sake of not offending the financial institutions, I would just say that it is an opportunity yet untapped. As a finance expert and innovation enthusiast, if you were to be the culture and tourism minister, what would be your main objectives? I would encourage people to visit Nigeria. I think that we have not actually even started tapping into that area to encourage people to visit us. I think that as much as people think Lagos is chaos, I think. That Lagos is a big tourism center. The nightlife in Lagos, you cannot get it anywhere else except for probably Beirut. Beirut. Why did you say so? I know so. I have traveled the world and I have seen many countries, and I know that the things that happen in Lagos only happens here. Our coastal line is one of the longest coastal lines. When you think about it, when you look at Nigeria on a map, you realize how long our coastal line is. It is huge. Think about what Moist Beach is doing. Look at what Wave Beach is doing. Look at what type of tourism you can bring to the waterfront. Look at what Landmark is doing, Landmark Hotel, Landmark Towers, those are the kinds of opportunities that are available for us in this market but we have not even tapped into bringing people to visit and start making tourism money. I know for a fact that There are countries in the world that a major part of their revenues come from tourism, countries. Like Kenya, Rwanda, Tanzania, Seychelles, Namibia. And these are African countries and we are not. Even talking of the Western countries. Because these guys bring foreign currencies to your shores too. Spend. People are doing the same thing and the same amount to visit Ghana. But when you think of. The number of people that come home to Nigeria or visit Nigeria in December, you would know that. We have opportunities here. What do they come to do? They come to party. There are opportunities. Here and not just outbound but inbound. And we have not even talked about our historic sites. Scattered all over Nigeria from Alumo Rock in abeokuda the plateaus in Jos, the Yankari Game. Reserves, the tourism sites in Calabar. We have not talked about all the things all over the country. We have not talked about the beauties in Africa. Basically, you are saying the tourism sector is still an untapped space in Nigeria? Yes, it is and largely untapped. Yes, the government has to work on accessibility of some of these tourism sites e.g. being able to travel to Abudu Ranch in Cross River State. There is no airport in Abudu, so guess what? you have to go via a four-hour journey by road to get to Abudu That is probably not very attractive. But how do you make it very easy for people to go there? How do you create accessibility? Those are the investments that can happen if Nigeria actually focuses on bringing in inbound traffic into Nigeria. And it is possible to leverage on this with private players like ours in the private sector who are ready and willing to work with the government to do such things. What are some of the plans of Wakanow in the pipeline? For the sake of giving out our plans and strategies, I can tell you right now that our big plan now is to grow vertically and horizontally at the very same time. We are going to expand the things that we own today. We are going to grow vertically, expanding our services and we are going to grow horizontally and own deeper. But our big strategy is to focus on the customer. It is customer-focused which is to help our customers travel and help them to have a great experience when they travel. What makes Wakanau unique? It is our ability to take care of our customers. We don't close. We run 24 hours a day. We have the biggest flight inventory in the country and in Africa. We are working on the largest inventories for cars, hotels, travel insurance, etc. That is an optionality that we give to the customers and then we offer a wonderful product called pay small small where the customer can actually pay gradually to go experience the world nobody offers that in the market what is the title of the book you are currently reading presently i am not reading a book but what i am doing is studying and learning i'm trying to learn more about meta metaverse concept and i am also learning more about nft's and nft stands for non fungible token And it is a unique unit of data employing technology that allows digital content. From videos to songs to images to become logged and authenticated on cryptocurrency blockchains. Primarily Ethereum and more about crypto. These are the three things which are at the forefront of. What I am learning. Dilapo Aina